LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Center ministry every week. And it's brought to you today with thanks to the Zartas from the local Lebanese bakery. I've oh, got a beautiful oh. taste still in my mouth from breakfast this morning. They were good, weren't they? Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, that's the beauty of living in Arncliffe, Scott, isn't it? Oh, it is one of the great things about living in Arncliffe. Yeah. Three Lebanese bakeries, three butchers, halal. It's awesome. Now, the one thing's brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push. The Australian Church Fighting Network, and for the month of April, a great ministry tool provided by Lifeway Leadership, Ministry Grid, but we're going to tell about, talk about that a little bit more later. But for now, you press play on episode 55 of The One Thing, Church Bulletins. Wow, this is a question that's come from one of our listeners, Clint, up at Grace Church in Butterham, Queensland, the greatest state in the world. Did you, Derek, obviously <laughs> you wrote read, this? You read yeah, it. I wrote, did write wrote this. And you read it. And the question is this, what makes a good church bulletin? Is it for newcomers or regulars? Should you print the Bible reading, order of service, church life notices, contact info, etc.? How big should it be? Do you need them anymore? What's a good site for clip art? One of... Derek's favourite things to talk about. Now, that is a, a great question. We're going to tackle that today. I'm not sure if Clint knows that we just go for 15 minutes, but we're going to try and you know, contain Derek um, oh, and, uh, and his rage on this topic because he's got lots to say. So we've called in our resident clip art expert, Derek Hanna, to tackle this controversial topic. Um, Derek, <laughs> let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts. It is actually a good question to uh, to tackle this one because the reality is most it's uh, it can seem incredibly mundane, um, but I've never come across a church that doesn't have some version of this. You might not call it bulletin. That seems like a strangely Christian word to use often, but it is what we use. And so while this question may not be up there with what must I do to be saved, it is one of those questions you have to grapple with if you lead to church. Uh, so my goal today is to give a framework for thinking about how it is you, you consider church bulletins um, so that it can save you time so you can spend more time doing things and getting people to the point where they're asking that question, what must I do to be saved? Does that sound all right? That sounds all right. So where do we start with this? All right. Uh, I, this is, we start at the same place. I reckon we start with everything here. That is, what is the purpose of this? What is the purpose of the bulletin, the newsletter, the zine, whatever you want to call it? What's the context you're working in? And who is this for? When you print this thing each week um, and you spend hours getting it right and then reprinting for typos, who is this thing that you're spending all that time for? If you answer that... So Clint's asked, is it for the outsider? Is it for the insider? Yeah, yeah. Is that the right question to be asking? That's exactly the right question. I'm not going to tell him what he should do. He ne- they need to decide for their context what it's for. If you get the answer to that right, you won't automatically get your this, this part of it right, but you'll narrow down the choices so you're closer to where you need to be. And I think uh, the problem sometimes is that this isn't the first question that we ask. We go to design. We go design. So you search, you know, best church bulletin design on the Google and it pops up and you think, that looks amazing. I could do that. Um, and then they do it, but it's just, you know, eight hours out of the week each week. They need to replicate that. It's not doing anything more. So the words of Louis Sullivan, form follows function. You need to know who this is for, what's it for, before you can answer the question of whether it's good or not 
and whether it's for the inside or the outside. So can you give us some examples? So uh, what about a bulletin on part of an older traditional congregation? Say they're meeting at 8.30 a.m. Yep, okay, that's great. Now, at some level, to, to put this in perspective, you are always in these things thinking about both the person who's there and the person uh, who might come at, at every point. But for that example, the thing that you produce each week, this church bulletin, would look very different than a millennial service. So it might be, and I've seen this Do in Do millennials even use paper? Well, they, I think they do. There's <laughs> about four generations removed from me, uh, the millennials. But, you know, for an 8 a.m. congregation where they're singing hymns, uh, they might want the words on the page, they might even want the music on the page, your bulletin is going to look very different. Um, so you actually think about the audience. You think about who you're trying to reach in that. You might actually be trying to reach people who are 75, 80, so you need to produce something accordingly for there. So what you include in that. So we're for millennials. Um, they're probably consuming a whole bunch of their content online. Uh, and so the social media is huge for them. Um, yeah, so there's a sense in which you, you would adapt what you print for that week uh, for them. But you still need to produce something, I think. Um, you do need to kind of think, is this you know, a congregation that, that wants something they can flick through and read and take home? which can take a lot of time, or is it something actually I'm just using to supplement other forms of communication, which are key? So why should you have something? What, you know, tell us, tell us the why. Why should you have something? Yeah. Okay, here's three reasons, I reckon. One, uh, to help people who are new. So to put it in their hand, to help them orient uh, what's going on. Now, even for millennials, I think, if you've got an app that might help, uh, you know, that they can download, you've got things on the screen... That's not going to, they might not automatically go and download the app. Uh, they might not have come across any of your social media just yet. Uh, your screen will flick between different things. And so putting something in their hand which helps them know what you're on about, what the next steps are for them, is absolutely key. So you've got to have that in. What, who are you? What's your vision? What would be their next steps? It's also to help orient people as to what's going on in the life of your church. Don't need to tell them everything, but you want to put the, the highlights in there. What are the key things for them to know what it is that you're on about? Um, and lastly, I'd say it's one more way to get your message across. It's one more thing that you can put in people's hands in all the communication techniques you've got in order to help them know what you're on about and how it is that they can take that next step. Well, we're going to come back to uh, more of bulletins. But first, as I said, for the whole month of April, we're sponsored by Ministry Grid. Uh, do you know training your volunteers and leaders is important, but do you sometimes feel like you just don't know where to start? Well, that's why Lifeway Leadership developed Ministry Grid. Uh, Ministry Grid has a library of over 3,000 training videos. They've done the hard work for you so that you can train everyone in your church. Uh, it's training that you can trust, hearing from experienced ministry leaders who've been there and who are there now. And we're partnering with Lifeway Leadership as well to develop uh, good, solid Aussie Australian ministry content as well. And the tool is great. It allows you to add videos, PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. It allows you to customize training for your local church. Uh, go to ministrygrid.com, ministrygrid.com to learn more. Let me uh, open the toolbox now, though. Uh, my top three toolbox must-have resources for church bulletins are, well, I think it's always helpful to jump in and have a look at a couple of examples. So in the show notes, we're going to give you a link to some church bulletin uh, insights and examples. Uh, we'll also give you uh, some templates as well. I think one of the hard things to do, you know, is to format stuff. I'm not I'm not the great, greatest at using um, mm. Word. Mm. Um, mm. And... Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. Microsoft Publisher, that's what you want to do it on. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is me just uh, playing. Like, what programs should should we be using? You know, should you be using Adobe, um, you know, Adobe, Adobe tools or is, is Word good enough? Uh, look, you've got to decide what's right. Is Word good enough? No, I want to make a draw a line. I have some standards. <laughs> he does, I'm does not sure that Word is good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe so, Apple Notes. Um, <laughs> no, look, I... You've got to decide what's right. You're going to have someone in your congregation who can do this stuff well, and they're probably going to use Adobe stuff, um, but you know you don't necessarily have to. Um, yeah, but the templates links that we'll put in there that I'll give um, often are to Adobe things. But the nice thing about those templates is they'll give you a whole range of nicely formatted, thought out by people who are graphic designers. So you don't have to be anyway. I'm getting back and do the work. That's I'll it. You see, I told you, I told you, get fired up. The final. This is my toolbox, Derek. My toolbox. Sorry. Now the final one is um, is the church in a box course church uh, on church communications. Um, I reckon that's a helpful thing because as Derek said from the start, you need to think about your audience. Uh, so jump in and check out the church in a box online training library to find out more about that. Okay, Derek, I want to get back into uh, the specifics here. So assuming I've narrowed it down, um, I've thought about my purpose, I've thought about my audience, how do I decide what goes in it? And importantly, do I have a perforated tear-off slip? Oh, you love your I perforated I love my perforated tear. slips. I remember doing bulletins where you had to, you know, you've got a slicer that does the perforate. Have you ever used those I before? I haven't, no. It's like a guillotine, but instead of a blade, it's got like a perforated thing. Everyone's shaking their head. No, this is before your time. This is what happens when you're 80. Um, yep. Anyway, the do you have a perforated slip? Yeah, that can be really helpful. But I think I want to take it 40,000 <laughs> feet, sure. not a two-feet level, <laughs> yeah. and say, yeah, you, you want to have some way in which people who are new can communicate back to you or can can know how, to, how you can get in contact with them, how they can get in contact with you. Um, so I would be saying, because I realise I've been abstract at this point, I want to be specific, um, you have to work out with your bulletin how it fits in with other forms of communication. So the tendency is to put everything that's going on in the life of your church in there, and I'll say, well, that's not the only way you're communicating with people. And often, often the things that you really want to communicate will get lost if you do that. So, so don't crowd it with lots of... Lots of ads. I, I saw a church bulletin on the weekend. It had, I kid, it was made in Word, and yeah. it, it had so many text boxes all over the place. It was so crowded. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. like, man, this is a busy church. And I looked around at the twenty-five people in the room and went, wow, yeah. That church bulletin conveys a lot more busyness than what's really there. Like a rug place closing down, closing down yeah. the stars area. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't know what to believe in that. So you, you have to think. I have other channels of communication other than this. So I want to make this one count. So do you put the Bible reading in there? You put a space for sermon notes? Yeah, yeah, you can. I th- yeah, part of that as well in, in thinking through the Bible reading and the sermon notes is thinking actually what do people digest? You know, what are they actually digesting rather than what do I just want them to Because you can put 80 announcements in there and the Bible reading and space for sermon notes. Um, but if no one is using them at all, there's no point in having them in there. It's where Maybe if you cut down 80% on that and just put three highlights or two highlights and a next steps and a perforated slip because I know you love them, um, you would get a much better return. So, so, so rather than have the perforated slip, what about, you know, dropping in a whole bunch of uh, notes? So again, this church on Sunday I went to, uh, it was like just a cavalcade of, uh, you know, mailers. I had the newcomer invite. I'd had a, a, an advertisement for a, a theological college. Um, I had uh, another thing on a missionary they had in the church. I had all these little extra bits and pieces yeah. in my bulletin. Yeah, it's white noise. It's white noise. It's exactly what it is. It's white noise. It's things people can use to be distracted by. 
It's not something you can use to communicate something necessary. It's white noise. And so, look, with Bible reading and sermon notes, obviously at one of the, th- the keys we want is when people come to church is to we want to preach the word faithfully. We want people to hear that word and reflect on it in that moment and afterwards with people and then afterwards with themselves as well. So now I'm not a note-taking person. Like Jacqueline is. She takes notes on that. Um, but there may be some better ways to you know, skin the cat rather than just having a blank page that you, you put in there. So newcomers and non-Christians normally won't take server notes. They're digesting what they're hearing. It's all a bit strange. They're looking around at what other people are doing. So the sermon notes just most of the time is for believers. So perhaps you could think about it a little bit differently. Uh, you you might actually uh, give people who are regulars at your church. Now, this can seem like a financial cost. You might give people at regular church a diary for a particular sermon series, and they can take it home, keep it, which will save you printing a blank piece of paper and then losing it. They'll write stuff that's helpful, then they'll lose it and not be able to refer back. Now, if they're just doing it to concentrate in time, that's fine. But it might be they want to come back to that stuff. So there are other ways other than you know doing it. The Bible reading can appear on the screen. If it's helpful for you to have it and you think you want to put it in people, but if you feel actually you want to drive people to a physical Bible, then don't put it in there. Think about what is it you want to achieve in that. So final question, design. What part does that play? Heaps, heaps. Uh, but you don't have to come up with the design necessarily. You don't have to be a designer. There's lots of nice designs out there, and there's lots of churches who do it beautifully. Um, but you want the design to draw them towards where you're hoping they'll be, not just leave them at admiring the design, but being confused as to what that's for. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. So, Derek, what's the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to church bulletins? My one thing is this. Let your audience and purpose shape your decisions about bulletins and newsletters and zires, whatever you want to call it, not the greatest and latest designs other people are tweeting. Well, we're a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes and check out all the other quality Christian podcasts. Um, If you've got time to jump in there, I'd encourage you to listen to the Group Answers podcast with Chris uh, Surratt and Brian Daniel. Um, They've talked recently about raising up a secondary leader, writing sermon-based studies, and launching your group well. So just look up Group Answers on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And if you've liked what you've heard today on The One Thing, we'd also appreciate if you take the moment to uh, rate us on show tunes and even leave a comment. It was great to get a question from Clint today, so we'd love to get more questions from you as well. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. Coming up in our next episode... We'll be speaking to catalytic leader Scott Sanders <laughs> on church announcements. Salivating. <laughs> I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.